0: Buttery yellow popcorn. So light and fluffy you'll get carried away.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <love that> aroma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only the best quality corn. Yeah. 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 But of course, that's what you'd expect. Welcome back to Buttered Pop, <laughs> yeah. the podcast where we talk about the TV and movies that keep our fingers buttery and our eyes glued to the screen. I'm Armin. And I'm Anthony, A.K.A. Not That Dude, A.K.A. Snack Pack,
0: A.K.A. DJ Slauson, A.K.A. Your Second Favorite Podcast
1: Co-host. What's cracking? Pink. You know what's cracking? The first new nickname I've heard in like over two years. The Snack Pack.
0: Oh, Snack Pack, dog. That's a throwback from like my my days of. Uh, I used to I used to go back east to visit my aunt and uncle. Uh, And my cousins every summer, and like one of my cousin's friends called me snack pack because I ate all the snack foods at the house. Because my aunt, (laughs) my aunt was like, my aunt was always going to Costco. So like, that was was my first, uh, that was my first exposure to Costco and like buying in bulk and shit. So like, she she'd come back and be like, well, we're going to work, and then every time they'd see me, I'd I'd always have a snack in my hand. So I got the nickname snack pack. And my other my other cousin, um, like we were a duo. We were snack pack and buffet. They pronounced buffet wrong.
1: <laughs> dude, I love that because I, I know DJ Slauson. Like I know all the classics. You know, not that dude. I had never heard snack pack, so I. Oh yeah, I love man! It. I, I'm like, so I,
0: I feel like I, I feel like I gotta like dive back into the archives because like retiring young Lando has made me kind of like go back. <laughs>
1: i'm not retiring young lando i know we had the whole conversation are you just gonna be lando now are you gonna be still young lando and you thought you know you can't be young lando anymore because you're older than young lando no you're always gonna be young lando to me
0: thank you, always man. young
1: lando thank man. you
0: thank you that that actually warms the heart that warms the heartstrings my friend
1: i'm here for it <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i have the mayor the maestro the mayor and the maestro. I think those are my only two nicknames. No, though, I so. love the no, maestro. I like them both. Bro.
0: I love the maestro, man. That's the that's it's, bro. It's fucking. It's timeless. It you is. It always, is. You will always be the maestro.
1: Well, in my little neighborhood, everyone calls me the mayor. Like when I walk the up mayor? and down, the mayor. Yeah. Mm, dog. You're not idiot. as into it. You're not as into it.
0: Well, well, cause cause I feel like I feel like you're bigger than the mayor, dog. You're like the governor. <laughs> you're so sweet. I love that. <laughs> you're like Dog, I swear to God, man, go look, look, if you're listening, go go pull up your IG. Check out this man's Instagram feed. He's literally the mayor of HP, dog. Like it's not even <laughs> it's not even a it's not even a joke. No, he's the governor of HP. You, oh you we're going governor. He's the governor of HP, right? Like that's just what it is.
1: <laughs> I like governor too. I could rock with any of them: mayor, governor, senator. Evening,
0: evening governor. No senators, bro. There could there. No, that's <laughs> no, no, no. There's like a there's like a delineation. Like there's a connotation to senatordom.
1: That's true. They're very know. different. You're right. You're right. You're right. Thank you for the civic lesson, right there.
0: <laughs> no, thank thank you, man. I just you know I bro, you you are far out. Mel- you are much more well read about about politics than i am so like trust me fucking i'm not even getting into that with you
1: speaking of well read you know you know who's very well read his name is very well read his name is Saul goodman because he does a lot of doc review as an attorney um (laughs) do you remember the first couple seasons of better call Saul? all the doc review can, can i can i can i be can i be fully transparent Oh, are you gonna shock
0: me right now? I have never watched an episode of Better Call Saw.
1: This this is this is a, a classic buttered pop shock moment. Uh, this is a twist. This is a turn. Bro, I, I, I we, did not we, see this you coming. You have to
0: have you have to have like a sound in the in your cue or your love, library. Da, 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 da. What, no, 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 like 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 that a shock really here. for some something for like a shock, like a. Like, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know, but put it, put it in post, dog. You gotta, I think moving forward, we gotta do that.
1: So, Pink, thank you for the transparency, because I texted you, let's talk about the Better Call tra- Saul trailer, and you're like, yeah, let's do it. I didn't well, know that yeah. you haven't seen Better Call Saul.
0: It's one of those things, man. Like, I I, I know, I know where Breaking Bad and the, and the Vince Gilligan verse, like, stands in in today's, like, Today's like media landscape. Like I, I right. understand. I understand. Like I understand. Like what it is. You know what I mean. I just haven't watched it, and and that's more of uh, just. I think if I'm, I think for more transparency, like it's just because I, I never finished Breaking Bad.
1: Right. That I did know, and so that like, I did know. Yeah, like, yeah. it's one of
0: the, It's one of those things where I know that. In order for me to truly enjoy Better Call Saul, even though it's a prequel, you know what I mean? Like, like I I need to have that full working knowledge of Breaking Bad. And at this point, you know, I know all the. At this point, I know all of the beats of Breaking Bad. You know, what it's I mean? been I've spoiled it, for you. I've yeah. had it spoiled, like on accident too. I think I told you this story a million times. Uh, how I got how I got Gus's death uh, spoiled for me.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: I I told you that right. Yeah. Oh man, it's tragic, bro. Don't ever, don't ever, don't ever stay up late watching TV with those <laughs> stupid lifetime life commercials, bro. They they ruin everything.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah,
0: let let us go, man. Like I mean, cause cause the thing is, like, so did you watch the trailer? Is, I did watch the trailer. I liked it. I'm like, I'm like, I wish I knew who these fucking people were, but I geeked up though, man. I saw Giancarlo Esposito in this spot. I was like, what up, Gus? Like. Like Gus is one of my favorite characters from Breaking Bad. And so like, you know, to see his to see the spectra of that dude, I was like, all right, that's kind of
1: tight. So you know what's fascinating is that like Better Call Saul has had such a slow buildup, but a worthwhile slow build up. I'm not saying that to say the first few seasons were bad and um very hard to get through not at all very enjoyable but if i remember correctly and like apologies to the to the listeners who who may actually remember this better than me like gus doesn't even show up until like season 2 or season 3 and mike if you remember mike right the fixer yeah. mike yeah. is a character but he has a small role and the few, first few seasons of better call saul has a very strange dynamic because they're juggling two different storyline storylines that don't intersect, and you're and as a viewer, you're not sure why. If you weren't a Breaking Bad fan, like I, right. I love to look at it that way. You know, I love to. We talk about this all the time. Like I want to watch something that earns everything within the space of it's it's, it's storytelling. Tough. It's
0: I mean it, it, we talk to, we talk to- we talked about it last week with, uh, with Batman. With, with Batman, like, and and I actually had a conversation with one of my coworkers about it, like, because he saw it last night, and he was like, you know, that that conversation kind of came back up, like, how you know, there are certain things that it didn't really earn just because it, just because there are things that it already knew that we knew, and it took that for granted. You know what yes. I mean? So, so like, I I definitely feel you on that.
1: Um, so I think Better Call Saul struggled with that like in a different way than the Batman because I think it's different with the Batman like I agree we don't need to see the origin story again I agree there is a presumption that Alfred like we don't need to you know go over that and relitigate Batman again but like I agree the presumption is there that Alfred and Bruce Wayne are close, et cetera, et cetera. But like better call Saul in the first few seasons, pink. Like I'm no spoiler, but it's just weird because you have this storyline of a lawyer named Jimmy McGill. His name isn't Saul Goodman. He changed his name. His name is Jimmy McGill. And then you have this like other cartel storyline. That's not invested in very much, but it's just lingering on the sideline. Anyway, Long story short, because you haven't seen it, so I don't want to dive too deep into it. I don't, I don't want to get too spoilery on it, because I do want you to one day watch it. The first few seasons are straight up, I'm not kidding, a lawyer tackling an elderly abuse slash fraud case. And that's why I made the joke about Doc Review. He's just reading and reading and and going through all this paperwork. It's not very action packed, but there's really interesting like character dynamic stuff at play. But it slowly builds up to bring the cartel into it and how Jimmy McGill would get intertwined into it because of course the Saul Goodman you know,
0: yeah. formerly
1: known as Jimmy McGill, was carrying water for the cartel, they're one of their attorneys, would help them cover shit up. That's the Saul Goodman we know from Breaking Bad. So you're right. you're it's the origin story for Saul Goodman, right? This trailer, and we don't have to spend too much time on it, like, you know, because you haven't seen the show, but like my anticipation level is so high, Pink, because we have now reached that that crescendo. We have now reached the culmination of the origin story, so that now we can experience Jimmy McGill as Saul Goodman working on behalf of Gus Fring, Mike, et cetera, and just see how shit goes down. And that's what you saw in the trailer, right? Is that shit is going down.
0: Let me ask you a question And since you said your 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 anticipation level is high. Okay. Out of 10, out of 10, 10 being the highest, 10 being super stoked like like take my money to zero being like, bro, I'm going to go watch something else. Where's your anticipation level on that scale?
1: It, it really is 10. It's the final season. They've done such a good job building up. I'm here. Let's go. I wanted to start today. I wanted to start let's, yesterday.
0: Let's go. I mean – Look, dog, you might even get me you might even get me on board, dog. I like I like the the fact that you say things are happening. I just might watch it. I just cuz like I plus plus
1: Gus. You know what I mean? Like Yes. Like I ride for Gus, dog. And this last season that came out has a lot of Gus, right? It, it finally got to that point where everything is is mixed and it makes sense. It just took a few seasons to get there. I'm so so ready for it and there's a couple new Characters that don't exist in the Breaking Bad universe that I think are excellent. Um, Kim Wexler being one of them. Yeah. And I'm Yo, excited re- to see where her story goes. Because obviously we don't see where it goes in Breaking Bad, right? So I need right. to see how her story ends or or just where where it goes, you know, real quick before real Breaking quick. Bad
0: starts. Real quick though, can we just give a shout out to Jim Carl Esposito for never playing a good guy in anything he's in? <laughs> Like Mandalorian. Like, yeah. Like He, he never plays a good, like, like I think, I mean, he's, a, he, he's been in so much shit, right? Like you look at him in and do the right thing. He wasn't a good guy in that. Right. You look at him and you look at him in, uh, he was in, uh, what was that? Who was in that Boswell? The get down on Netflix. He's a bad guy in that. Obviously he was a bad guy in the Mandalorian. He's, I mean, he's Gus in this, you know what I mean? Like I want to see Giancarlo Esposito, Get like not a bad guy just once. I would love to see it. Just but casting I mean,
1: directors look out for Giancarlo for something a little different. Come on, because he has range. He I know it.
0: Well, it's like yo, you got to play with conventions, right? You expect him to show up and be a bad guy, and then all of a sudden he does some good shit. You're like, wait, your mind's blown. Like there's certain I people meant. you see. There's certain people you see. You're just like, oh, I know this guy's gonna be a scumbag, right? Like, like you look up and you see. Uh, Michael Wincott he's gonna be a bad guy
1: you right yeah I mean? there's some people like, you know they they just they've been typecast for a long time as a certain kind of character yeah I would love to see him as a good guy uh speaking of good guys let's transition to our next trailer because this this I think we both can speak on um yeah with with a lot of passion <laughs> uh Kenobi so you watched the trailer right
0: okay okay all right this is a this is this is a two-fold conversation I did watch the trailer. The trailer was fucking awesome. Like the trailer, was, the trailer was great. Um, and I think it, this also touches back on playing with people's preconceived sort of like relationships, right? Like they, they literally in the trailer, I know they had a duel of the fates. They had the music from episode three and there was one other musical highlight. Shout out John Williams that like, It literally stirred all the right moments. So, like, they could have put, they could have just put, like, some quick shots of Obi Wan, like, reaching for his lightsaber to this music and some cool back and some cool, like, some cool planets and shit. And you'd have been like, yo, I'm here for it. I mean, essentially, that's kind of what we got anyway. But, uh, I mean, I, here's my thing a dope trailer is one thing, but I am not excited for Kenobi.
1: Why is that?
0: Um, I'll be honest, man, I have very little faith in the Star Wars brain chest. Like Agreed. like there's there's no cohesive vision to what they want Star Wars to be. And every chance they get to establish that, they course correct, right? Like, and it's bullshit, dog, because I mean you had, you, had, you had the sequel trilogy that's supposed to come out. It's supposed to be J.J. Abrams, like, running the ship. And then he doesn't do the, st- the second one. And then you let uh, – and then Ryan Johnson does it. And it was polarizing, right? And then they course correct, let J.J. come back. And he literally undoes everything. And then – so the thing – the big story from this was I didn't know this, but they rewrote the entire season of, of Kenobi – Yep. After they had already seen the scripts, they they said it was too dark. But here's the thing that like Kathleen bugs me.
1: Kennedy, Kathleen uh, Kennedy said it was it, too dark. It needs more hope. But like
0: no, because one one like I mean, I don't look. Look, I don't I don't really I don't have an opinion. Dark, gimme. Just make sure it's good. But problem number 1 or number 5000, I've lost count. <laughs> Fucking like apparently the guys who were writing it or were writing it hadn't even – they didn't know that Darth Maul's story had ended, right? For those that don't know, Darth Maul was supposed to be in, in Kenobi. And they didn't know that yep. they had – that Obi-Wan and Darth Maul had a fateful final duel that took place in Rebels. So they let Dave Filoni read the scripts and then he comes in and he's like, you can't do this. And he's like, bro, like did you guys – are you guys not paying attention to what your other media is doing? Because they're covering all this ground. You know what I mean? Like, it it, it it, doesn't bode well. I mean, you take a look at what they did with Bola Fett. They started it. They course-corrected it, They turned it into a Mandalorian soft season three. Then, I mean, then they announced last year that Patty Johnson was going to be doing the Rogue Squadron movie. Then they yanked her ass off of it. Thank goodness, because Patty Jenkins is absolute trash. <laughs> um, I mean, like, Rogue Squadron is my favorite, like, like I, they better not fuck that up. Like I wish Tony Scott was still alive. They just have him do it. That'd be the shit. Um, but I mean, I don't know, dude. I don't have any faith in Star Wars right now. Like I, I still love it. It's still one of my favorite franchises. I mean, I'll probably watch it. But like, I just don't. I just don't understand like what they're trying to do. Like Obi Wan Kenobi story is told. Like it's sort of like the same issue with Solo, right? It's like look. I love Solo, but I understand the criticism that no one was asking for that story, right? Like, you know where he ended up. Like, same thing with Kenobi. Like, you know where he started. You know where he ended up. Oh, do we really need to know what he did for three years between Episode 3 and New Hope? Not really. Like, he watched over Luke Skywalker, and thank God nothing happened. You know, and now they're trying to say all this shit happened around Luke Skywalker? Like, well, then why didn't they just fucking... I'd go in full force if they knew Luke Skywalker was there. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Sorry, I just went hot. I went on a rant. I'm not sorry, but
1: ah, I'm hot, dog. No, no, I, I'm right there with you. The trailer definitely, you know, drew me in. I was, I was loving it. I mean, I love Ewan McGregor as, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi. I thought he did a great job. It was, it was one of the only things about the prequel that I did like. And yeah. hearing Duel of the Fates, iconic. I mean. Come on. I mean, it's one of the things that makes maybe Phantom Menace Phantom Menace the best, you know, prequel, but I know that's controversial. I I wouldn't Phantom even Medicine, argue it. It's my favorite of the prequels. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to argue because they're all not very good, but if I had to choose one, I'm like Liam Neeson as koi gon Jin, you know, Darth Maul what a villain. I mean, come on. And I was expecting them to reprise Darth Maul because like you said in the animations you have Darth Maul and Kenobi go, you know, have another duel, right? Yeah. So wouldn't that be great? And then I read that uh, the actor who plays Darth Maul was on set and training to be Darth Maul. My understanding was that he was going to reprise his role as Darth Maul. And then we get the news dump this last week. Yeah, well, I mean, out.
0: but that's all part of it, right? Like like if, if they had... They had him on set. They probably filmed some tests. They probably filmed. They probably yep. filmed some stuff already. And then all of a sudden, they find out, wait, we can't do this because we already told the story. Well, then it's like, yo, what are you guys really planning over here? Like, like it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it and it's it's sort of like, you know what it's like, man. It's like watching. It's like watching your grandfather like start to slow down and like lose their memory and shit, right? Like, they're your grandfather. Like, you love them. And, like, and, and but then you can start to see them slowing down. Start to see them slowing down. And then you're like, well, all right, they're obviously not what they used to be, but you still love them. It's kind of like that. Like, hello,
1: Star Wars. Here, Here's the main difference between our grandfathers who, you know, are succumbing to Mother Nature. Is that Kathleen Kennedy isn't succumbing to Mother Nature. Kathleen Kennedy is succumbing to investor pressure slash her innate desire to just seek profits. Because here's the thing, here's my problem. So apparently it's too dark. We have to make it hopeful. Okay, um, so that means in 1980 when Kathleen Kennedy, if Kathleen Kennedy read the Empire Strikes Back script, she would have said, "Uh, wait, you're going to freeze Han Solo. He may or may not die. Luke Skywalker is going to lose a full hand um, the empire is going to win. Like the empire is going to win. The bad guys are going to win, and and all hope is lost. Forget about some hope, or we want more hope. No hope. No hope. Han Solo's, for all we know, dead. She would have said, "Oh no! Forget this script." Empire Strikes Back to me is the best film in in the whole Star Wars saga. So and people could disagree with that, but most people have it in the top three. I have never no, heard anyone say look, they don't look. like Empire. Em- Empire, Strikes Back. Empire, Strengths
0: Back is the best Star Wars movie. Um, We're in
1: agreement. Is it a movie filled with hope or is it dark? It's but it, dark. but is it? It's it's
0: also. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I I acknowledge it's the, Like I believe I'm I'm of the mind that you can appreciate something for being better while acknowledging what your actual favorite is.
1: Uh, okay, but wait, but, then can I just add to this to say we are supposed to be exploring a time right after the near extinction of the Jedi, mm-hmm. the 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 fall of, I forget what, the the Republic, right? The Republic, okay? Yeah, the old um, Republic
0: is dead. Dead.
1: Okay, you have- I'm sorry, it's not the old basic- Republic, it's just, it, oh, it is the old Republic, never mind. I think that's what they referred to it as, right? The old Republic in that time. Yeah. But I guess in, I think in the prequels it was just the Republic, right?
0: Uh, whatever it prequels, is, my point is, prequels,
1: yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, my point is just like it was. You have the Jedi's near extinct. How how is this a hopeful time? It should actually be dark. Yeah, you know? I mean, and that's why the fourth film was called A New Hope. It wasn't a continued hope. It wasn't hope extended. It was a new hope. It was a renewed <laughs> hope.
0: <laughs> like, I mean like, – let's, let's, let's also – I mean I think this is a good time to like say – to, to, to bring up George Lucas. I mean like say what you want about the man but like and, – and say what you want about the prequels. But the one thing you can say about the prequels is that they had a coherent vision – it wasn't, it was executed poorly, but right. like, but all throughout, like the man knew the story he was going to tell and you can never look at it and like, you can fault this execution all you want. And there was definitely questionable choices, but like the vision was so coherent and like he is a pretty good world builder, regardless of like, he can't write dialogue for shit and, and that's okay. But like, I would take, I take that. Over, like, I take that over people who, like, they're just fucking it up, man. It's just like, bro.
1: Agreed. Yeah. They're regurgitating the the same story over and over again. Also not really remembering what made the stories so great. What – why people bought into these worlds. Why – George Lucas's world building was so great. It wasn't a happy, um, you know, merry ride, you know, filled with daisies and sunshine. No, No. George Lucas understood there had to be the highs and the lows. I mean, come on. Even a new hope. Obi-Wan Kenobi dies. The
0: shit was called Star Wars, bro. Star Wars.
1: But they forgot that. You know why? Because when people think about Star Wars, they do have this like warm, fuzzy feeling inside yeah, that's fine they, but they don't dog, remember the journey it, though the journey was not warm and fuzzy the journey was anxiety ridden there was tough times they were in that trash compactor gonna be smushed like, oh dog no nah, man the, the first look
0: in the first 20 minutes of, of a new hope i, I feel we're calling it a new hope in the first 20 minutes of star wars you see the skulls of uncle owen and Obi Wan. dog like like yo they weren't right. playing around like like they yeah luke lost his whole shit. family you know what I'm saying? So, anyway, I look. I'm gonna watch it. I'm sure we will review it on the pod. Um, but I'm not excited for it, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm very, I'm tepid at best. I am I, excited. I think you,
1: I, I think you nailed say. it in your first in your first ten seconds of your of your analysis, which is I do not trust the brain trust of Star Wars right now.
0: No, and that's I it. Don't. That's what it You're is. You're not good. That's what it is. Give me Star Trek New Worlds, baby. That's what I'm excited for.
1: You know what I'm excited for, Pink? I'm hitting you with the Segways today. <laughs>
0: Let's go. I, man, look, your Segway game is strong today, sir. I take it. I'm excited for winning time. I mean, I listen, I, I look forward to it. It's it's I look forward to winning time. Like it's only been two episodes, but I'm ex- I'm actually looking forward to it since we talked, and you were like, bro, the guy who wrote the Showtime book that Winning Time is based off of wrote wrote a book about the Co- the Shaq Kobe Lakers. Yep. I'm like, so so technically, this is this series is probably gonna run up to the '91 season of the Lakers. So you know, that's what if you're gonna do it chronologically. That's I mean, it's probably not gonna go ten seasons, but you know, maybe like four seasons, and then you get four more seasons with Shaq and Kobe. I'm like, Ooh. oh dude, this is this is this is money. This is money. Like, who do you and you know what? You get Shaq to play Shaq. <laughs> Why not? He's an actor. That would be
1: amazing,
0: right? But who do you get to play Kobe? That's 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 that's, that's
1: the real question. That'll be um, tough. But people would have said that about Magic, right? Who do you get to play that, Magic? Dude, that charisma, that smile, and I, I love mean, Quincy Isaiah. Quincy, Quincy Isaiah is crushing it.
0: He's he's so good, man. And like, the thing is. He has that effortless swag. He has that charisma that draws you in. But then also, like, he doesn't look uh, awkward in basketball scenes. And I, and I know I said this right. before, but that shit's so crucial to a basketball show. Like, like when guys are out there and they're like, they can barely dribble or, or they can't do it. Like, and this is magic. This is arguably the greatest point guard to ever play the game. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, like, you got to, you, if you're going to have somebody playing, they better be able to do a convincing finger roll you know what i mean
1: um, but but so let's, let's let's talk let's talk episode 2 like deeper like let, we'll get into spoilers so um yeah, if our yeah. listeners if you guys haven't watched the, the second episode of winning time yet um maybe skip over this part so yeah pink let's go into episode um 2 like what you two. think
0: man I, I i actually liked it better than the pilot um agreed the, i liked it better than the pilot because it's it, it i mean one John C. Riley's crushing it, man. He uh, as Mm. as Dr. Dr. Jerry Buss, Like they, uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna mess up the chronological order of the episode, but basically, his whole his whole story for this episode, uh, he's got a he he meets Red Auerbach, the legendary coach of the Boston Celtics, played by Michael Chiklis, and like Chiklis crushes it. Like he's dope. I mean, I think Michael Chiklis is great is great in everything he's in, Um, but like. He also like he did a great job as Red and and really set up their their antagonistic rivalry. Like you have now have an antagonist for the for the series so far, and um, so it's about him. And you know he's pretty much Jerry Bus is like behind the behind the eight ball financially. You know what I mean? So he's he's over here trying to figure out the finances, but he's got to go to this owner meeting and all this stuff. And uh, and yeah, and, and so he goes to his owners' meeting, all and finds out that Red's the only one who didn't vote for him. So he has to have a sit down with this dude, and then that's when they 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 get into it, man. And it's like the spark of of the rivalry, man. The spark of the Celtics Lakers, like I mean the the real the real sort of like comeback because obviously the Celtics had like run rush shot over the Lakers for pretty much a decade. You know what I mean? And then this dude, Jerry Buss, comes in fucking rogue, like, yo, dog, we're going to take it. We're going to do what we got to do. And then he goes ahead and gives, um, then he goes ahead and gives, uh, you know, gives Jerry West the marching orders. Do what you have to do. Don't worry about the money. I'm going to make it happen. Now, Jerry West is dealing with his own demons and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, because he doesn't think magic could be the dude. And, uh, you know, you want to take it from here? Because I feel like I'm screwing
1: some shit up. No, no. Th- everything you're saying is perfect. I, I, on the point of the pilot versus the second episode, I think you're absolutely right. What I liked about the second episode is that it felt a little more restrained, if that makes sense. The first episode was way more zany. I think there was way more back and forth between the different cameras, which we talked about in the first episode, or after the first episode, and we liked it.
0: Yeah. But
1: at the same time, I don't know if that was sustainable for a whole season. This felt more like a TV show. Like the f- the first one was very out there, extreme, definitely Adam McKay in his bag. Yeah. And then you have Jonah Hill directed this episode, which Camille and I at like at the same time were like, "Jonah Hill? What?" Because <laughs> you see his name pop up. Dude, Jonah I Hill, he... man, he, he's
0: so under he's so underrated as as a talent. Like yeah. ooh, eventually eventually people are going to realize what uh how good he
1: is. Um, I never I watched it, that movie. The '90s, what was it called again? Um, I never watched that movie you directed. Mid '90s, yeah. I, I, it wasn't
0: my favorite. Um, like it was, it was very much. We can we can talk about it later. But I mid '90s was was good. I just didn't necessarily love the script. Um, you know, and it was kind of one of those movies where it was very slice of life and nothing ever really happened. It was just like it was kind of just a day in the life. Uh, but anyway, that said, yeah, Jonah Hill, man, he directed the hell out of this. Um,
1: yeah, I just – he, he had, definitely brought the aesthetics to the oh, episode. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I just liked living with these characters in, in – in, it felt like a deeper way. I don't know why. Maybe oh, it's no, because but it did, though. the characters are just being – yeah, well, just being he, expounded he, upon more.
0: You peel back the layers, right? Like and, and I think this episode did a great job of that, right? There's a, there's this whole arc with there's a whole B story with Magic who's back home and he's trying to get Cookie to like acknowledge him, but Cookie's seeing somebody else. You know what I mean? And and Magic, like the magic we all know and love, right? Like, he he's a kind of a he's actually not kind of a dick, he's a giant fucking dick to this guy. Like like and to the point where they play he plays pickup with them and just like st- nuts on him hard like makes him look like emasculates him so bad and uh you know like it's there's another subplot with his mom that um, yeah that but, like I, how
1: interesting is that like he's this legend magic johnson and he has this insecurity about whether or not he has the approval of his mother and yeah. it seems like he doesn't really right but like, like that's the how that's the fascinating is that yeah. but
0: that's the real issue I think that's what makes it special because that's something that everyone can relate to right everyone everyone seeks the approval of their parents right like like you know and and I was watching it with Sarah and um, she was uh, she was she was vibing with it because like the relationship is is very real that they have I mean all the relationships are kind of real you know um, so that was I thought that was really well done, man, and, and um, it, it it bodes well because it plays with your expectations of what we know about the future, right? You know, we all we ultimately know that Cookie comes with him to L.A. So to see that happen, it's like you know, this is a story that we don't actually know if you unless you unless you've been like you know following everything. Um, also, it's another- it's hard
1: to say spoiler spoiler alert with winning time because it's. History that a lot of people know, yeah. but it's like you're saying. But do we know the journey? And of course, a lot of the journey is fabricated in this show, but there's yeah. also elements of truth too. And
0: absolutely, I'm it blurs the line, it. it blurs the lines very well. There's also a really cool subplot about Jeannie Bus uh, in here, and um, where pretty much like you got to, you start to see some of her business acumen and her visionary, her sort of visionary mind uh, however you feel about her now, you know what I mean? She clearly, she clearly had a passion for this shit according to the show. Uh, yeah. One thing I do know
1: for sure is that, um, in the early eighties, she was running the LA strings, which was one of Dr. Bus's teams. He owned the Kings as well, but the LA strings were an indoor tennis team. So she, she was in the family business that early on. Not necessarily the Lakers. The one thing I do know for sure is the LA strings. Also, also, shout out Sally Field coming through. One scene, but owned the scene. It was incredible. See, but then, but then
0: also, the episode did a really good job of parallel, uh, parallel, drawing parallel lines between characters and their mothers, right? Because, because you see, you see Dr. Buss with his mom. You see Magic with his mom. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Like that. They, it, it's all deliberate, and I love that the storytelling is so on point. Um, I mean, in the episode, the episode ends with with Doctor Bus like figuring out, "Yo, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take the, the fight to Boston." Come in, and Jerry Bus is like, "I'm gonna retire," or "I'm gonna J- yeah, Jerry idiot. West." J- I'm Jerry sorry, West. Jerry West. La. Doctor Bus comes back in to tell the whole the whole office, and then. Jerry West is like, bro, I'm quitting as coach yep. of the Lakers, and that's how it ends. Well, what a hook to keep me going for the next episode!
1: Great cliffhanger. So, what do you think, by the way, about Jason Clark's performance as Jerry West? Because it's been polarizing. Some people love it. Some people hate I mean, it. I mean,
0: I think I think it's polarizing because people don't really because people are like at odds with who Jerry West was, right? Like, and and I don't really know much of I don't know much about him aside from the. The history bullet points, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know his personality. I know, he's, I know he's a straight shooter and shit. You know, I know he gets stuff done, but I don't know if he's a curmudgeon, this, that, and the other. So to see him play it this way, I'm like, oh, this is – I don't I, – I know there's a level of fiction there, but I don't know exactly. I don't know where the lines are blurred. Also, Jason Clark, I had no fucking clue the dude was British. Well, I'm watching the post-episode thing, and I'm like, he's British.
1: And it's like, wait, what? Yeah, or is he Irish? Is he Irish or is he? Uh, uh, I, for, I, I forget. But I, anyway, I got. I no, nah, hold on. I gotta look this up. Hold on. Look this up. Uh, he's but, he's he's Aussie. Uh, he's Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> Camilla could have told us that. Camilla um, is so good. She'll be like, that actor is from Australia. I'll be what? I'll be like what? Or that actor is Welsh. Also, completely,
0: complete, like kind of tangential. So, in the post, the post episode, they do a roundtable hosted by Rick Fox, right? And there was a, a point where they were they did a roundtable where they're like, "Yo, who uh, name all the Laker coaches? Name as many Laker coaches as you can," right? So these three, so is uh, Quincy Isaiah, is Jason Clark, and I forget who the who the other dude was. Um, and they list all these coaches. None of them listed Phil Jackson. What?
1: Okay, I need yeah. to watch this.
0: Go, go back. <laughs> we we watched it three times just to see if someone like mumbled his name. No one said Phil Jackson, so it's kind of like.
1: Word. How, how do you not mention Phil Jackson? Five championships. <laughs> well, um. Anyway, uh, I am loving Jason Clark <sighs> as I'm dude, I have I, to I'm, say. I'm, I'm loving it. I think it's cat. a great take. It's a great take. Even if he's not that curmudgeonly, even if he he's not that much of maybe an alcoholic, I, I don't know, they're kind of intimating that. I, mean, I know there's... some about Jerry West and I know he is not that easy to deal with.
0: Yeah. His
1: the voicemail that he left to like one of Kawhi's people got leaked last year. I don't know if you heard the voicemail. Mm, I did not. It, it it was like a TMZ sports moment because Jerry West is like you don't want to join the Lakers. The Lakers are a shit show right now. The Lakers are just uh, just a circus. Like he's just talking all this shit. Jerry West has been known to not just be kind of a little uh difficult and and stern and blunt, but also depressed. And that yeah. that element of West is spot on because yeah. Losing to the Celtics six times in the finals. I, I remember watching documentaries about the Lakers. Like, I don't remember the exact ones, but those ones that they'd show on ESPN Classics that you'd yeah. see on like Fox Sports West. And, and Jerry West has not actually been back to Boston because of all the losing there. He refuses to wear green. He is haunted by the Celtics. No joke. You that's not an t- exaggeration. I, mean, I, I would be, too. Yeah, that's, dude, six times losing, going 0-6 yeah. or whatever it was, 0-7. And, and, and then the one where you do win,
0: like, you weren't the dude. You know what I mean? Like, everyone, yeah. like, they talk about, they talk about, they talk about that. Like, when I hear athletes, they're like, would you, would you trade? Would you rather win?
1: He was the dude, though. 72, it was, it was still him, Will, Gail Goodrich, Like, they won 69 games. That was the team that won but 33 he, in he, a row. He, but he felt like he wasn't the
0: dude. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't. He, there was
1: that. You know what my that. take is? My take What's is that? that when he wins, he just feels relief and he doesn't feel celebratory. That's my take. Is that imagine that you, your whole life, you're chasing something mm-hmm. and you keep failing and you keep failing, and you, keep failing and you keep failing. And then finally at the end, because mm-hmm. even though he was 34, yeah. it was the end as young as he was. Yeah. You go, damn, this is, well, I wasn't family. young back this then a- though. You, you know what <laughs> I mean? 34 back in the 70s? That's true. As, no, but what, like, what I mean is that like you're young as a human. Your youngest human being. That's true. But you go, I maybe have one or two more years. And I think he retired two years later. Mm -hmm. I may have one or two more years at this. And this is all I feel. all, All the anguish. 14 years, or sorry, 12 years at that time. He was drafted in 60, right? So he finally wins in 72, beats the Knicks this, this is all I, this is it. And like I thought Jason Clark actually played it perfectly when he was playing young West and yeah. you see the look on his face and he's trying to like muster up a smile. And I thought then yeah. the post championship scene where he ends up at a bar that is also hosting a funeral and the, yeah. the people at the funeral think he is a part of the funeral group because he's so upset and it's three hours. They have the little, you know, uh graphic <laughs> on the screen three hours after championship but he he looks like he might as well be at a funeral because yeah he, the the 12 years of anguish right over, overrode whatever sense of oh yeah probably just relief that he felt for winning a title finally you yeah. know that late in his career and 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 you know you feel sad for us i think this this show is actually doing a good job i think people are focusing too much on how it makes him look bad i think it does a good job of conveying like as an athlete as a competitor how much crap Jerry West went through, like yeah and 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 it wasn't fair, like he always just wanted to win, and like and then he, when he becomes a coach, his, his the owner Jack Ken Cook, won't spend, and now we'll see him finally you know finally yeah. get to get the success that he he always wanted that he yeah, that he but, always definitely deserved right as, before, as a great competitor, but before he gets that
0: success, he must sever himself. From his position uh, as head coach
1: right speaking, but, but speaking of severing, of severing. Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so so uh for for our <laughs> listeners who may be joining us this week but didn't join us last um i talked about severance last week as a pitch to pink to to watch this apple tv plus show um i feel like i don't need to go into it y'all you need to watch severance it's on apple tv plus very basics it's a psychological kind of thriller, right, with some comedic it, notes. That's no, all no, I'm gonna no, give no, no. you. No, 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 no. no. no, no. I'm listen, listen, give listen, you. listen, 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 listen. Do you want me to give I'm the gonna, full breakdown? I feel like people no, know what it is.
0: No, yeah. we don't we don't need to do that. Listen, I'll just I'll just say this. Severance is a mind fuck. That's that's what right. it is. Like like I've only watched the first episode Okay, so
1: wait, wait, let's tell the listener. So, you, so you, you were gonna, we were gonna talk about it next week and watch and and talk about the first six episodes, but you did go ahead and watch the first episode and you wanted to, to give your initial impressions today. Absolutely. So, go for it. Let's go.
0: It's a mind fuck. It's super well acted. It's super well done. It's trippy. It's, it's just like, and as I was telling you, it's like, I'm more intrigued currently by the, by the, by the sort of scenario and the world building and this mystery behind what's going on versus any of the actual like narrative strokes, I know that's going to change, but right now, like, I just want to know what the fuck is going on. Like, mm-hmm. this is it's clearly a dystopian world, it's there's clearly some well, weird it, shit well, going on,
1: but uh, grounded in reality, it's not a pure dystopian world where there's been an apocalypse and a near well. Well, well it in the it first episode, I think you see some of the outside world, right? I mean, but it doesn't
0: necessarily. I mean, when I think dystopia, I just mean where like it's kind of crap sack. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's not necessarily you see the outside world, but like they talk about how the severance procedure is is shunned, and and like people are kind of like there's no food. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think I think that qualifies. as – I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't want to get into the well, semantics of it. I, but, no, no. The but only it, reason why I
1: bring that up is because I think it it makes this show that much stronger. That it does feel like this could be a technological next step within a very few years of our own lives, if that makes sense, right? Like, I mean, that's... everything else about the world—the cars, the houses they live in, the conversations they have in their daily lives outside of work—everything else is very grounded in reality. There isn't like. There wasn't like a, a revolution by by robots, and they live in a whole new world order, right? It I is mean, today's world, but with a technologically advanced company yeah. that's not much farther technically advanced than uh, anything we've seen, right? Like but kind of that, a, I, a Silicon Valley um, experiment. Let's but let's say. I,
0: I, th- I think
1: if I think those make the best
0: dystopias, right? I mean, the one the, the worlds that resemble ours right? But have this point of divergence, right? Like, I mean, Handmaid's Tale kind of does that
1: very well. Like, it, Ooh, there's... Well, Handmaid's Tale is, uh, is a little farther along. But, see, that's yeah, why I wanted is, to make the distinction it's, for it's, listeners it's, who haven't seen the show.
0: It's far... I don't know. I I, I look at... Well, it because it that is, show, the
1: United States, has literally been overthrown. There's a whole new government in place. That's what I mean. Like, this, but it's, everything but, about the world is the same.
0: But then you go to, but then you go to Canada, and the world is the same, and they're just dealing with this crazy. It's, no, not
1: exactly the same. They're fighting a war, a global war.
0: I still yeah. look at it I, in my head. That's how I. That's how I picture Severance as a dystopia. Like it doesn't yeah. quite. It doesn't quite seem like the. There's more going on here than than just your regular like work mystery. You know what I mean? Like there there's some societal things going on, and there's some. You know, there's like some huge world stuff that I'm super intrigued by. There's a sci-fi
1: element. There's a fun sci-fi little element. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's speculative. There's very there's speculators. There's some transhumanism going on, which I think is always fascinating. Um, But you know, at at this point, I'm just kind of like, all right. You know, like, like oh, and well, anyway, we 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 can we can sidetrack. We can we can sidebar about that later. But yeah, I like it. I'm definitely going to finish it. but I just, you know, I feel like I feel like I need to be, I feel like I need to have a cup of coffee before I watch it because I'm going to miss something if I don't.
1: It, it's definitely one of those you want to capture like every frame. Well, you you, ha- you, away.
0: you you, you kind of have to because if you don't, you'll if you blink, you'll miss something. You know what I mean? And 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 I think that's good and bad. You know, like like um, it's it, it's so dense. Um, and I think that's a, that can be a gift and a curse. So we'll see if, we'll see what it is as, as I go on. I can't really judge it based on the one episode I've seen. So,
1: so your initial impression is thumbs up,
0: but you oh, did yeah. text
1: me that you had some reservations. What, what were no, the reservations? I, no, I
0: well, it wasn't so much that I had reservations. You asked me if I liked it, and I was like, I'm more intrigued than anything. I, I don't want to say I like it yet because there's not enough. Personally, there's not enough for me to like the the mystery but the but it's compelling and the mystery is enough to keep me watching um, and it's good but i just don't i just i'm just not at the point where like i enjoy it you know that may change um, but we'll see it's it's like it's it's very it's stuff that makes you think and that's and ultimately that's i think that's what good that's what good art should do what good media should do you know it should make you it should make you think
1: Can I tell you what I think is special about this show is that I've talked about this show with quite a few people now. Yeah. And and I want to say a few are so in it for the mystery, and then a few are so in it to just sit with this world and what's happening without worrying about what is macro data refinement. I don't care. Totally irrelevant. But the broader questions that it explores... That is what some people want to sit with, right? And the mystery is cool, too, because I think that's where I'm at. I'm kind of in the middle where I'm, like, definitely interested to learn what they're actually doing. But I just love the perpetual exploration. Can you actually compartmentalize a consciousness and have it not be a, a deprivement of human rights? Because that's where my mind is going. I don't think those people in that workplace actually have basic human rights. So I just love to sit with that and explore it, and then dive a little deeper into that every single episode. I don't think this is really a spoiler, but the one thing you'll start to learn because these people were born in this world, essentially, right? They were born in this world with a much higher knowledge than a baby was born. They have they have nothing else. They have nothing else. They are they are ostensibly born in the workplace. Their consciousness is. Birthed there yeah. and that's why they have the important question, right? They say, um, name a state, and they say Delaware. They still have knowledge, yeah. but they have no other knowledge of history, nothing. And see, they start and to d- develop their own little history within the workplace, the see, history of I Lumen. Think, the hi- fascinating.
0: That, see, I think, and I think, I think that all ties. I think that ties in too with the the world building, right? Like because it ties into the grander mystery as well, because like, yo, like what, what's, you know, and then, and then there's the, the the voices on the other end of the box, right. You know, I don't know if we ever find out who they are. I'm assuming you, I'm assuming you don't, I'm assuming you do. I don't know. It, it'll be, like I said, I think, I think it really, I think it's, and I think that's what like, you know, good shows do, right. They take those, those two, uh, Those two disparate sort of notions, right, and like, and really cross the line with them very well, where you're, where eventually your questions about your your philosophical questions, um, your philosophical questions and your curiosity sort of, they like, they kind of intersect a little bit. Yeah, they intersect, and I think that's that's really fascinating. And like you know, well, that's
1: what know. I love about this show is that it has both. It's not just like a murder mystery or something. It yeah. it, it can exist outside of the mystery, but it also, also does present this big mystery, which is what the heck are they doing there? Why do they need their consciousness separated? Yeah. Also, like I, I, I mean, I'm
0: I might be on the, the I might be in the the rare the rare group on this one, but like, yo, these characters are kind of whack so far. Like, they're not, there's yeah, there's The nothing... take is
1: going to be really bad in like the next episode you watch. I'm we'll just see, telling man. you, it's going to we'll be see. so... <laughs> oh, we'll we'll see, man. I, mean, I don't know. I'm like... Zach like, Cherry, it's... Zach Cherry is delivering an unbelievable, brilliant performance. I'm telling you, you're going to see Britt Lower everywhere after this. Zach like, Cherry, what, is that
0: is that the, is that the dude who, who like...
1: Who's who, in succession?
0: Who, no, but is, is I no, I mean, is he the dude who like uh is he the dude who is who is severed?
1: He he is who, one of the severed people. Who
0: oh wait, which one is that which one is that? Is that the black dude?
1: That's who's Milchick. Mil, okay, the, who, Milchick is Tremel Tillman.
0: Okay, who so who is Zach Cherry? Which one is that?
1: Zach Cherry has like the beard, he's shorter. Oh, the, the chubby dude. He's funny. He he brings a really great comedic element. Okay, to the yeah, show. yeah, yeah, I, I know who you're talking. He's he's actually very funny. I like him. And and I'm gonna tell you, this is one of my favorite John Turturro performances of all time. And what him and Christopher Walken are about to collaborate on as actors is is Wait, just Walk- some of the Christopher Walkens in this. Yes. Oh, see <laughs> what. And, and oh. <laughs> <laughs> and my yeah. gosh, what Walken and Terturo do together in terms of chemistry, in, in terms of just building building a a on screen camaraderie, I, I just it's just beautiful to watch, and it's all in the subtleties. I told you this. Turturro's performance is very confined. This is not like a big. Turturro this performance
0: this isn't Vinny this isn't like it's it's already not Vinny but I'm I'm good with that too like I mean look I I, I really enjoy him the characters the movie, are so. next
1: level in this show the acting and then Adam Scott is just doing Adam Scott things being great being subtly funny like but dr- very dry I, I love it's, it
0: I mean it's Adam Scott being Adam Scott I think that's the thing right you know like
1: it's gonna work I, I, Just wait okay. for it, Pink. Don't give up on the characters. That's like after the first episode of The Wire is saying, like, uh, I mean, who, no, who is this McNulty no, guy? It's not. No, it's oh, not. Oh, Chris, no, it's you not. know how many people I had to walk off the ledge on the wire? Oh, there's like all these characters, but I don't know much about them. And I'm like, no, no, no. Trust me, Bunk is gonna be great. McNulty's gonna be great. Give give it a couple more episodes.
0: All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. That's fair. That's Don't fair. I'm, in the I'm gonna, like I said, I'm, trust
1: the process. I'm gonna trust fin- the process.
0: I'm <laughs> gonna finish it. I'm gonna finish it. I promise. Um. Anyway, man. Love it. Um. Well, then we- I guess. I guess. Uh, will well, I see you next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's going down?
1: What's going down? I'll see you next week. Next week we'll we'll talk about the first six episodes.
0: We will. And we'll talk. We'll, we'll
1: talk will. about more winning time. Yep, and I'll watch Upload. I'll watch at least Upload. a couple episodes of Upload. I Let's know the second it. season's out, so maybe mm-hmm. you can talk a little bit about the second season without spoilers. And then um, we, I'm should about, we should talk about The Adam Project. That's a movie, right? That's a movie yes, with Ryan is. Reynolds? hmm Okay, all right. We'll, we'll talk offline, but yeah, maybe no. I'll watch that. Okay, sounds good. Pink, where can everyone follow Butter Pop?
0: <laughs> you can find us at... butter Butter underscore
1: pop uh
0: they can find me on instagram at not that dude find me on twitter at not that dude with with zeros instead of os where can they find you sir
1: yeah everyone can find me uh on instagram and twitter at armin your feed just my name your feed um and uh, I think it's time to sever the pod. Let's sever it. Let's, let's sever the pod, <laughs> my dude. <laughs> <laughs> Big pod is always pink. I can't wait to talk next week. Yes, sir. Neither can I, brother. Looking forward to it. Peace.